If you have a plan, it forces you to kind of create this standard of living that you find is suitable for you and your family. Yeah, you get a good rhythm. Yeah, and once you do that, anything above that or anything below that will feel wrong in a way. And so it guides you yeah, to, to say, you know what, this is enough. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration so that you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We're your hosts. I'm David Thompson here with Leo Sabo. And in this episode, we're going to be peeling back the curtain and sharing a little bit of what's going on in our personal finances uh, and not necessarily the numbers, but how how the meat's made. Mm -hmm. We're going to go into how we track, how we budget, what tools we use, what it looks like every day, uh, how Ashley and I, when we sit down together and how we go through it, what Mm -hmm. it looks like when Leo and Natalie sit down together and go through their budget. So uh, we've been talking about tracking expenses. This is something that's extremely important. So now we're going to talk about how we track, why we track, and what it looks like inside of our personal budgets. Yeah, I'm very excited about doing this because I think some of the practical things that we can share of the mechanics of how we do it and even sharing the different ways that we do things, I think would be very helpful for our listeners. So I'll start off with my example. So I use a software called YNAB. It stands for You Need a Budget. And I'm actually using an older version. It's called YNAB 4. They have an online version now. That's the only one that you can get. I really like this version because it helps me to have this yearly perspective, which unfortunately the new version doesn't allow you to see. But I love using this. And the way it's broken down is I have a checking and savings account. I also have a credit card that I have built into here, which I use. Um, But of course, all of these expenses, whether I use my checking or my credit card, it all comes out of these categories. So I have main categories like giving, housing, food, and in, in each one of these, I have broken it out into subcategories. And if you want to know more about the categories of a budget, we have actually done an extensive, I think, three different episodes, no, actually four episodes that breaks all of these things down. I think it's episode five, six, seven, and eight. Um, but we really encourage you to go to the first 10 episodes or so of our show, which really dive into the basics of a lot of this. So these categories and the way I manage them each month, and I have three months that I can view at one time. It gives me, for instance, July, August, and September. So I can see last month, I can see this month, and I can see next month. And each month has a budgeted column. This is the amount that I put in every category. The outflows column, which is what I've spent so far. So it's all the transactions. And then the balance column. So at any given point, I can look at my budget. And once I plug in my transactions, I can see what I've spent, what I started with, and what my balance is. That's so cool, Leo. You're able to see exactly what you have left in every category Mm -hmm. so that as you and Natalie track together, all of a sudden, you know, we've got this much left to spend by the end of the month. And we know where our goals are going long term. Mm -hmm. So for Ashley and I, as we started this budgeting journey, I remember us sitting down in our one bedroom apartment and me giving Ashley the budget that I had been living on from Mm -hmm. my like two year career at that point and saying, here, here's what we're going to live on. You know, and she said, this is ridiculous. This is your budget. (laughs) This is not our budget. And she said, I'm not going to live on that. I'm not going to use that budget. And so we had to start completely from scratch. And I say had to, like, this was a good thing. What that caused was it not to be my budget or her budget, but we said, okay, let's toss that out. Let's start with zero 
And I think you can do this on paper where you literally just write it on paper. What we did is we took an Excel sheet, a blank Microsoft Excel sheet, and we just typed in at the top income mm -hmm. and we wrote out our income for that month. Right. And then we typed in at the top tithe and we gave, we brought the first portion, the first 10%. This is a strong conviction for Ashley and I from a Christian values perspective. And we brought the first 10% and said, this belongs to God. It doesn't belong to us. And then we said, okay, what's next? Housing. And we began to list out exactly what our rent was. And then we said water and then electricity and then gas. And then anything that had to do with housing, we lumped together under a miscellaneous category. Then we went into the next category and said, okay, what about transportation? And we literally in one column just wrote, you know, car, gas, uh, car, uh, registration, car, insurance. And then we would go in and type in exactly how much we were going to spend. And we built this together from scratch, from the top down. So I'm saying this to you so that you know you can do this for free, mm -hmm. but there are really cool tools like what Leo uses with YNAB that allow you to connect to your bank accounts and where you can download and automatically track. Uh, but even when you're first starting this journey, you've got to start doing it by hand yeah. and really fully understand what you're doing. So we, we wrote out our budget, but the budget was just a plan. Mm. Now that we had the plan... We almost kind of copy and pasted the categories down another kind of below our budget. And then we started to track what we were actually spending mm. in that category. And right. we created some formulas so that every time we spent, let's say we spent $20 on gas and then another $20 on gas, mm -hmm. it would automatically calculate and say, you've spent $40 right. out of the $200 that you've allotted for gas. So we would know, okay we've got 160 bucks left that we can spend this month right. in gas. Right. So that was the beginning of our journey was us sitting down together from scratch and building it together. So we were on the same page and now we still work off of a Excel sheet that is built off of that basic one we made over seven years ago. And now we have added colors and new categories and more formulas and more percentages so we can kind of see exactly where things are. Uh, but we've built this over time together. It wasn't me, the financial nerd, who's a, you know, one of the hosts of Getting Money Right. It wasn't, it wasn't oh, you know, Pastor David Thompson, the stewardship pastor. No, no, this is David and Ashley together yeah. building a financial plan for our future that we live on. And it's been complete unity throughout the process. Yeah, love it, love it. So let's dive into some of the specifics on this. How do you guys track expenses? How do you stay on top of your budget? What is your typical way of doing that? What does that look like for you? Yeah, so for Ashley and I, every month we sit down and we open up the Excel sheet and we will copy and paste into a new tab or a new workbook. So we have the old one forever there. So I'm looking right now uh, at June and July and now we're in August. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking back and I can see, okay, in June we spent this and it's, it's there locked in. So when we create a new one for August, we copy and paste all the information over. So it's the same budget sheet. Mm -hmm. Then we change the name to August, but then we go through and we read each category together and we say, okay, do we affirm that this is what we're planning to pay in taxes? Do we affirm that this is what we're planning to pay towards our house this month? Is, mm -hmm. this, is this what we're planning to do in gas this month? And some categories will change just a tiny bit month to month. Mm. And so we together say, 
is this our plan for August? And because we've been budgeting for a long time, the plan doesn't change a lot. Mm. So it's fairly easy now. But early on, it was like, okay, no, we know this new bill is coming. So we're going to have to increase this in the month of August and decrease this. But we did that before the month began. We didn't do it halfway through the month. We didn't say, oh, no, we forgot about this thing. No, at the beginning of the month, we sat down and put that together. We will also then track everything that we spend throughout the month. And so uh, whether we do this weekly, we've gotten to the place where we can do it just about monthly now. Mm -hmm. And we'll take all those receipts that I talked about earlier that are in that folder and together we'll lay them out and Ashley will read the receipt and I'll type it in or I'll read the receipt and she'll type it in. And we will manually enter every expense from that month and together we can see okay, hey, we, we've done this. We went over $100 in groceries with this month. Mm -hmm. But the month before, we were under by 100 because the way it just kind of landed was shopping. Right. You know, We ended up shopping on the first of the month, but not the full week before the first of the month. So we look at it, it averages out, and we're okay. But if we go over by $100 a month, two, three months in a row, then all of a sudden, we have to make a change. Oh, well, we plan to spend... $500, but we spent 600 or we plan to spend 400, but we spent 550. If it's off, we immediately know it's off and we go back and we make adjustments for the future mm -hmm. and we begin to say, okay, when we have savings set aside. So if there's, if we're ever over, uh, it's covered by those savings. But after a long time, every month we're sitting down affirming our new plan each month. And then we're tracking into that. Yeah. One of the things I think that it's important to note here is that you said that you guys do it about once a month. And there's a reason you do that now versus what you used to do when you first started. When you used to first start, you said you would every day enter the transactions and you would do it together. And that created a behavior. It created not only a behavior and a habit, but it created a knowledge of what you guys yeah. are spending. And I think this is something really crucial to, to understand. I think everybody, once they manage money this way, they get so in tune with what their lifestyle is. And once they deal with the overspending, why they overspend, and they really come to this place where they're content. They find a, a lifestyle that's enough for them. They're not wanting a, a bigger house. They're not wanting a bigger anything. They're yeah. just kind of saying, you know what? This house suits us. This house is big enough. It's comfortable enough. We've done what we needed to do with it. Or this car, yeah, I could buy a bigger car. I even have the savings for it, but I feel like it would be a waste. So everybody... If they're really in tune and they have financial goals and they're not just living, you know, to the fullest, so to speak, and spending money foolishly, if you have a plan, it forces you to kind of create this standard of living that you find is suitable for you and your family. Yeah, you get a good rhythm. Yeah, and once you do that, anything above that or anything below that will feel wrong in a way. And so it guides you yeah, to, to say, you know what, this is enough. You know, I don't need to add another $200 to this category that would be overspending in my mind because I know that we, we are more than comfortable with this amount. So I think that's an important thing to realize. The other thing that you said is the fact that you're not tracking it daily anymore tells me that you guys have gotten so comfortable with it and you're sticking to it that it doesn't require this constant monitoring where you're looking at it every yeah. single day. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, so for us, because we know that we're both putting the receipts into the folder, uh, we know everything's going to get tracked. And we know that we're going to talk about each thing. And so if there's something that goes, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. Just recently, 
I think I spent a hundred dollars on something for the car mm-hmm. and it's just outside of our normal spending in that area. Right. And so I communicated with Ashley before I made the purchase and said, Hey, this is happening. So it wouldn't be a shock when we sat down to do it together. Mm-hmm. But we also have money in the car envelope, and I'll, I'm kind of doing air quotes over here because <laughs> we do it into um, in the Excel sheet in a in a into an electronic bank account way. But we used to do envelopes, right. and so we have money set aside for the car already. Uh, but it allowed me to know, okay, when we get to the end of the month, I've already talked to Ashley about a bigger expense that's coming. Mm-hmm. Now we don't have to look at every single receipt together that day because we've been doing it for a long time right. and we know we're talking about we're it. talking about it and we know that you know if if we start to see a category that's going over uh, and we will the, so I'm saying once a month honestly sometimes we do go in and do it a little bit more frequently than that yeah but at a minimum once a month sure, sure. And, and when we sit down on that once a month because we've done it for years that works for us now but I will say at the very beginning you know we use cash for almost all of our items, you know, not everything, but for a ton, uh, we had envelopes, cash envelopes, where we would take cash out at the beginning of the month and we could physically see how much was left in the envelope Mm -hmm. to spend in a category. And so every day, every week, we had consistent feedback of how much we had left because our budget was smaller at the time. And together we had some goals that we wanted to hit sooner. And so we're very specific about every dollar that we spent. Mm. And that that habit that we built early on has allowed us to be more comfortable and just look at it about once a month. I'll still look at the credit card statement or um, the debit card spending kind of throughout the month to make sure no fraud has happened. But I'm not beholden to every day I've got to get on and make sure everything is perfect because I know where we're at now month to month, we'll sit down together and look at it. Yeah, I think that that's really important here because after you do this for a while, and this is something I want to really emphasize to our listeners, after you do this for a while, you become so in tune with these numbers, what each category each month allows you to spend, where you are in any given point of the month. You just kind of get this instinctive, it's not that you're doing mental math, it's just that you've been doing it so long yeah. that you have a good idea of where you are and more importantly, you're not spending money out of this big bucket. You're spending money very specifically in each category. Yeah, each category so is broken down. Real life example. A bunch of categories here. Yeah. So real life example. Yesterday, my computer started acting up. I have a MacBook Air, and my my mouse pad, my tracking pad, started to act up. My right click, so to speak, is not working right. And I thought, gosh, I you know I really need that function because I need to drag and drop things here and there, and it makes it really hard to do some things. So I thought, I, I need to fix it, but in the meantime, I'm going to buy a mouse, and that will bypass the, the tracking pad, and I can get it done. So I got on Amazon, of course. I got on eBay, and I looked around a little bit to make sure I'm getting a good deal. And somewhere between $48 and $69 I would spend for this mouse. And I was literally in the cart, put, plugged in my car, credit card information on eBay because I was going to buy it from there. And then I stopped. And something something kind of triggered and said, hey, you spend a couple of other things in this area because it was going to come out of my cash. I have a, my cash category. Sure, yeah. And it was going to come out of that. And I thought, gosh, if that's going to that's gonna put me a little tight in that area and there's other things I want to do. And I thought, no, you know what? I think I could do without this mouse. It would be kind of an impulse buy. It was like a last minute thing. It wasn't something I had planned. It wasn't something I thought about. I just said, you know what? I think I think I can do without. Plus, I need to make sure I take care of this thing. Whatever's causing this issue needs to be addressed. So I thought, well, what if I have to spend seventy or eighty dollars or a hundred dollars fixing that? Now I'm 
spend another 69 on a mouse. So my point is that I had it in my mind of where I was with that category because I had tracked it. And making that purchase was going to get me a little too close to that balance being at zero, and I stopped. So my point in that is knowing these numbers instinctively makes you make better decisions. It stops you from spending or it makes you think about, well, maybe I do need to spend it, but maybe I need to wait a week or two. Maybe I'll spend it next month. And I think that's really key because you become so familiar with this that eventually you're kind of just doing it and it's not any effort to you. And if you sit down every week, every other week or every month, it doesn't matter. You're going to stick 99% of the time. You're going to be right on budget. Uh, and I love, I love that that actually is the, the, uh, Part of the journey is that you don't have to consistently obsess over it, that over time it just becomes easy. Over time, it just becomes easy. I love that sentence, Leo. So let me ask you this. Uh, Ashley and I, when we started, we had physical envelopes, and mm. that was a huge part of our budget for at least five years, but maybe six years of our married life. And we would physically go to the bank every month and take cash out. And we knew, we said, okay, every month we need $700 in cash because so much is going to go to groceries, so much mm-hmm. is going to go to haircuts, so much is going to go to say, setting aside money for birthday gifts for family and Christmas and all these different things. So Leo, how does that work for you and Natalie? How did you guys set aside for, it's almost, it's not short-term savings, but it, it kind of is. It's like those things that you know you're going to need to spend uh, that we manage through the envelope system with cash. How do you manage all these different categories? Yeah. So for us, because I, I kind of think of my budget as a yearly budget, I always have. So I think about every expense at the beginning of the year. So I somewhat estimate, and it's really not estimation because I can always go back. I've had this budget running for now 10 years. So I can go back and look at what I've spent the last 12 months. And I can literally run a report and it'll tell me, hey, you spend this much money in groceries, this much money in eating out, this much money in entertainment. And by doing that, and this is something Natalie and I do, at the beginning of the year, we sit down and we probably spend about an hour or two working through the numbers. We look at the last year's numbers, and then we determine, are these numbers still correct? Do we need to increase any, decrease any? We also do this, by the way, anytime that we have an income change, either up or down. Yeah. So if we are going to increase, we sit down and say, how is this going to impact us? And it's a minor change at that point. Because it's it's a matter of looking in each category and saying, is there any category that we feel needs to be adjusted, either up or down? And especially if there's extra money coming in, we might feel like a category has been really hard to stick to because there's just not enough money in there. So we'll bump it up. Or we may decide, hey, we want to increase our giving by a few percent. So we might give some of the increase to giving and the rest to savings. So that's something that we just instinctively do. As soon as we get an increase, we kind of sit down and we re- adjust the budget. However, we always do it at the beginning of the year. And it's because we're looking at the last 12 months and determining, all right, is everything where it needs to be? What do we need to change? And by doing that, David, then what we can do is we can actually, and I love doing this part, that's why I love this budget program, is that I can put in the number in every single month from January all the way to the end. So then I can actually go to December and I can see how much money I've allocated for each one of these categories. So my balances will be the full 12-month balance for each category and subcategory. So now I can look and say, okay, I put $100 out for eating out each month. Well, in December, it'll show $1,200 at the beginning of the year because I haven't spent any of it yet. So what that does is if I want to save towards a certain thing that's part of my budget, not an outside of budget savings, which I would do through my savings, but something that's within the budget. So I want to 
uh, let's say I want to save for a vacation. I want to save for Christmas. I want to save for a gift. I want to save for something um, like a giving a goal or something like that. Then I can put it right in the budget. And I know when I'll reach my goal. I can actually see yeah. it. And I know if I just put $300 in there for the next nine months, in nine months I'll have $3,600 and I can meet that goal. So that's why I love the visual part. For me, I have to see it. It's easier for me. But I will say that we started just like you guys, very hands-on. We did our first seven years of our budgeting was pen and paper. Wow, seven yeah. years. Yep. So there were no envelopes but because we didn't honestly just didn't know. If we'd have had the envelope system, it would have been a lot easier for us. But we had to track it through a three-ring binder, and every month I would have a category page for each of my categories. And then I also had, of course, the tracking expense, what we called the expense tracker. And then we also had our budget. So we had a budget page, which outlined what we were going to spend that month. We had a tracking form that allowed us to enter every transaction. And then individual category pages, which we can then track each one of those. So so just like we do today, it's just it's yeah. a little bit more involved. Uh, it, it was pen and paper. The, the thing about pen and paper that's so important, David alluded to this earlier. Well, actually, he said it. He said, by actually doing it, it connects you to your spending. It allows you to see what you're doing. It helps you to see your behavior in a way that electronic tracking does not do it. Yeah, It's the same thing as handing over cash versus swiping your credit card. When you hand over cash, you feel the loss. When you swipe your credit card, you don't. When you track your expenses manually, you really connect to that expense because you're writing the actual amount and where you spent it instead of just looking at it from electronically. You know, it's just different. Yeah. And I think it's really important if you can train yourself and somehow to, to do it uh, that way at the beginning, great. But even if you just do it electronically, do it every day because it keeps you in tune to that and it helps you to understand these numbers intimately. So that down the road, you can do it once a week, once a month. Leo, I'm on your website right now at leosabo.com and I'm on the resources page mm-hmm. and I'm on the annual budget plan. It says here it's the yearly budget. Uh, but this is a an Excel version of what you use personally. Now, yes. I know you use a software, yes. but you've created, and, and, and I know you, I say you, I remember when we worked together and right. had a team yep. that created this budget tool. And this tool is doing exactly what you're talking about. And it's free for people to access. Right. So you can go to leosable.com right, right now and download the yearly budget tool, mm-hmm. and you could see, you can see everything you're going to spend throughout the year just by putting in your budget. And mm-hmm. I, I think this is so cool. It's something that Ashley and I's Excel tool that we created doesn't have an easy functionality to do that. Now, now we can build it in. I have built some things in over time. But it but works for you, so don't mess with something. That's it works. For, it works for us, and we're happy. Yeah. And we do. We do look at at year long spending as well in different ways. Um, but I love what you said, Leo. You and Natalie at the beginning of the year sit down and make these determinations. And if something changes, if an income goes up or an income goes down, mm-hmm. you'll make a shift. But at least once a year, you guys are are planning out for the year. Yeah. How much are we gonna? How much are we gonna spend on birthday gifts? How much are we gonna spend on on holidays? How much are we gonna spend on vacation this year? And you're putting that in. And I'm looking at the form. I downloaded it off the website. So I've got a, a fresh one on my computer right now. Got it open in Excel. And when you type in the budget amount, it puts it into every month moving forward. Yeah, so you don't even have to year. type it. So for Ashley and I, right now, our current thing, we copy and paste every month into a new sheet. Mm-hmm. This, it has every month laid out. And as soon as you type it once, it will move it over into every one for you, right. every, into every month, which is very helpful. So I'm, I'm only saying this just to encourage the audience. 
if Ashley and I had started on this form, we would be used to this form and it'd be mm -hmm. the first place we'd go. Yeah. I'm telling you as a listener, go to leosebo.com, download under resources, download the yearly budget plan. Uh, if you're, if you're just getting started with this whole process, mm. go back and listen to more episodes of getting money right. Uh, but take the, the budget like a ninja course on Leo's website and go through and download the electronic forms, download the videos on how to watch those tutorials, and it'll walk you through this because this is a huge and vital component to having a plan that works for your entire life. And a yearly budget is so important, so important. So Leo, as you begin to um, look towards your savings goals, how do you track your bigger goals? So that was kind of the month to month. I, I almost called it small term savings, but even that it's not really small savings. It's just, it's actually just living. It's your categories for living, your mm -hmm. clothes, your mm -hmm. groceries. But when you get to some of your bigger goals, how do you and Natalie track that? So we always have worked toward creating a margin, meaning that there's more coming in than going out. So the purpose of budgeting for us early on was just to make sure that we're living within our means because we were living beyond our means. And then once we got it into where we were living below our means and we continue to do it, we realized that we reached that ceiling of lifestyle where we felt comfortable, but our income continued to go up. So as our income continued to go up, we saw surplus. But that surplus also had to take care of some things that we hadn't done, which is college savings, getting our girls married off. We knew we had to set money aside for those kind of things, plus our retirement goals. And then we started talking about investing long-term into real estate. So the way we do those kind of goals is that we actually do them outside of our budget, but we actually have a category, uh, two categories for savings in our budget. One is emergency fund, so that allows us to yep. feed back in should we have any issues with where we take money for an emergency or something that happened that was beyond our budget, then we take it out of the emergency fund, but that gives us the ability then to trickle that money back in until we build it back up. The other one is investments. Okay. We also have giving goals, but that's part of our giving category. So our investment is kind of a general, uh, it's general in our budget because it allows us to take it out. But then we have goals that we set aside money for. So we have a savings account that's broken up into several different things, right? So, so we track those in a different way, but it's the same thing. If we want to go on a vacation, uh, actually vacation is built in, so that's not a good example. But if we want to, let's say, buy another car, then we'll have a car replacement fund, yeah. and that money is going directly into that portion of the, the savings. We don't have a ton of savings accounts. I don't want to manage 14 savings accounts. Yeah. So I just keep a separate ledger that allows me then to, let's say, put 250 a month for car replacement for the next four or five years, whatever, and then buy another car. And so, so that's the way we manage it. We, we try to simplify it in the budget so that we're not tracking that and we're not leaving that money in the checking account but we have a separate savings account with a separate ledger that allows us to save for those specific things. That's good. So uh, you're talking about having multiple savings accounts and how you don't have to do that mm -hmm. because you have a ledger yeah. somewhere where you can track this. And this is something that took Ashley and I a while to get to because when we started, you know, we had a bank account for our checking account, mm -hmm. but then we had a bank account for our monthly spending. So that's where we kind of did our debit card. And every month, we take money out of the checking account and put it into monthly spending. And we would use a debit card because we were not using debt in any way. We we're right. trying to avoid all debt. Right. So we would we put, let's say we put $1,000 in there. And throughout the month, we'd use the debit card and spend it down to zero. Mm -hmm. And so we had general checking where the checks came in. Right. Uh, then we had monthly spending. Then we had a savings account. 
But then we also had the emergency fund savings, mm-hmm. and then we had saving for vacation account, and then yep. we had saving for car replacement account. And every one of these accounts at our particular bank, uh, if you didn't hold a minimum in it or you didn't have enough transactions per month, yeah. they wanted to charge you a fee. Right. And so it was a couple of years where we were skirting around those fees by hitting the minimums and doing different things, but we were trying to do it all into a bunch of different accounts yeah. through the bank. And over time, and really probably just from spending time with you, Leo, hearing how you do it in this ledger, you have one account mm-hmm. where all this long-term savings is happening. Yeah. Um, and I say long-term, not including retirement and those kind of things, but right. where this medium Three to savings, five year. Yeah, three to five thing. year. Yep. And so that's exactly what we did is we created one account for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we have an Excel sheet that lists out, you know, a column for gifts that we're going to give people, a column mm-hmm. for clothes, right. a column for um, uh, car replacement, a column for car insurance, because we only spend that once a year. Yeah. Right. I mean, yep. once a year we pay our annual premium. And so every month we set money aside into that account. But then once a year, we send that money out. And so we're tracking it in a ledger, just like you now. But I think that you inspired us a lot because at one point in time, Leo, we had a multitude of bank accounts. And I don't know if our, I think our bank loved us because they were like, wow, you've got all this money with us. Thank you so much. (laughs) Now we've got it all in one single account and we were able to close those out and declutter our life a little bit. Yeah, I I think that's, I think it's just easier to manage. I mean, that's really the bottom line. You're accomplishing the same thing, so there's nothing wrong with what you were doing. I think it's just you're you're trying to juggle different things, and I just don't see the need today to do that when you can so quickly move money back and forth uh, in your accounts if you need to. And listen, whatever you guys have to do, yes, people that are listening, yes, we're not judging. this is for you. Do what works. Whatever works for you, do it. It doesn't matter if it's chaotic. It doesn't matter if it takes you 10 times as long. If it works for you and it helps you to accomplish your goals and stick to them, more power to you. I mean, we're behind you. Do it. Yeah. Uh, just if you want to adapt something that's easier and if it makes sense to use the forms that we created, then great. I think they're adequate. I think there's other things out there. That's the beauty of of the internet is that you can find so many different ways to do this. But bottom line is make sure that you're consistently tracking your expenses, that you're learning from your tracking, that you have a system that works, that you're not um, justifying some of the behavior that you have or ignoring it altogether, hoping that it'll get better over time. It won't. Uh, (laughs) David and I both, you know, we sound like expert today, but if you go back 27 years, we're, I was fumbling. I was trying to figure out how to do this. I was moving money around all day long, trying to, trying to figure out how to make this work. And that's why I think I have some empathy when I'm dealing with clients is because I understand this juggle. I understand what's going on. I understand the struggle. And I say, just keep at it until you finally do realize that there is an easier way that if you really address the underlying issues of your spending, that everything else will just kind of smooth out. And pretty soon it'll become just second nature to you. You'll do it and you'll, you'll, you'll think, how could I have ever lived in any other way? Right. And I think right. that's really exciting. Yeah, that's the biggest takeaway is that once you implement this, you're going to feel so good. Mm-hmm. Um, it mm-hmm. will make a difference. It's going to shift uh, even just the level of peace in your home. Uh, It's going to remove anxiety. It's going to remove fear because you're going to have a plan in place that you will have walked out for quite some time. And so you're going to feel comfortable and Mm -hmm. confident in it. And, and I, so, uh, uh, one of the reasons for this episode is that you can hear that two people who enjoy finances do things slightly different Mm -hmm. and that's okay. So if you do it slightly different, that's okay. 
we also want to hear from you. If you've got a great idea and you're like, hey, I heard David and Leo talk about their personal finances a little bit, but here's something that I didn't hear. Let us know because if we can improve or if we can add on or share that information with the yeah, audience. We're constantly learning also. Yes, we're constantly learning. We love it. Um, so, okay, so I've got, I'm looking at my budget here. I've got my actual budget sheet and all the place where we build the plan every month and the place that we track everything every month. We've got what we call our savings tracker, which mm -hmm. is kind of a ledger for all of those uh, kind of little things that we spend throughout the year. And that's where we track um, every month. We're going to set aside money for a phone so that, you know, two years later, we need to you replace our phone. Yep. We can yep. buy one with cash. Uh, we've got some stuff in there for uh, medical expenses for us, medical expenses for our dog. Mm -hmm. You know, like right now, there's nothing going on with him, which is great. But we still put a little bit of money in there every month because at some point, He's going to have to go to the vet. He's going to have to have something, right? Yeah. And yep. so we have that. We've got car maintenance, car replacement. So that's kind of our savings tracker for those smaller goals. Mm -hmm. We've got our financial goal sheet, which I mentioned early on in this episode where, you know, when we go through and hit these big goals and put a big check mark by it, okay, saving for, well, one, our first goal was to have zero debt, which we accomplished pretty much right away, but then to have the $15,000 emergency fund, mm -hmm. and then to save up to put 20% down on a house and then to uh, be able to replace the AC unit when it goes out. And then so, so we've got another sheet just for tracking those big goals. Um, so those are our, our kind of our three main things we look at consistently. Uh, we've also got a sheet where we track our net worth mm. year to year. Yeah. And so I don't look at this every month. I don't look at this every day. But I kind of want to know over the course of one year, two years, five years, are we trending upwards yeah, <laughs> or right. are we trending down? Like right. how Good is, to know. how are things going financially? So Leo, do you have anything like that where, what are some of the other tools? So those are the kind of the three sheets that I use. What are some of the sheets or tools that you yeah. use when you look at your overall finances? So I do have a network. Uh, option here when I run the report, but because I don't have all of my finances in here, I don't use that for this. Um, I do have a separate sheet. I usually will sit down about once a year and look at that and say, how did we do this year? Did we move in the right direction? We moved in the wrong direction. And I think it'd be a good idea for me personally to focus on it more because having a longer term perspective, rather than, I'm very good in the details. I'm very yes, good month yes. to month. I have a solid budget, but tying that into what can I do to maximize my net worth and grow that? Um, I think that I think there's something to that. So I think it's important to look at all of that at least once a year, but maybe even more often because I think it's important to have that long-term perspective. Yeah, and I think for me, when I look at this, uh, the goal, I mean, my life is not all about wealth and net worth. Like I don't find no, my, my worth mine. in my net worth, mm -hmm. right? So I think it's important to say that. Uh, it's also important to realize that as you save long-term, you have to have a strategy in place for investing. Mm -hmm. And depending on your strategy, your net worth may fluctuate. And so don't let your whole world be tied into, oh, it has to go up every single year. Everything has to be perfect. Right. Uh, we have investments. And so in a good year, they're going to go up. In a bad year, they're going to go down. Sure. So sure. I, don't, I don't look at it every month, but I do want to have a pulse on it. Yeah. I do want to know where our finances are going. Are we paying our house down? Are our cars going down in value? How much equity do we have? Mm -hmm. Are there any debts that we have? We don't have any debts besides our mortgage. Right. But is our mortgage going down? Is our home value going up? And just once a year, getting a snapshot, mm -hmm. let me look at all of our investments and kind of see, have they gone up over the past year or two? If it's constantly an issue, 
then I need to relook at my investment strategy. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really good as a manager to keep an eye on those things. And so I was just wondering what that looked like for you. Um, if you're listening and you want a good net worth tool, uh, we've got one at the church that I work at as a pastor. And so you would just go to gatewaypeople.com slash resources slash stewardship. And there's one on there. And Leo, I wouldn't be surprised if a good net worth tool popped up on your website in the near future. Yeah, I, I do have one. I've never, I've never put it on there. It's actually one, it's, it's one of the forms in a much more elaborate, uh, spreadsheet that I have, uh, that I use, but, um, but yeah, I think it's a good idea to to yeah. have one on there. So I'll, I'll pull one together. I'll have somebody pull one together. I'm not an yeah. Excel expert, but I know experts. So definitely yes. we'll yes. come up with one to uh, to provide. Because I think it is important. Again, it's it's the long-term perspective. And although you don't have to obsess about it every single day, it's something you should look at at least once a year. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Well, we just want to thank you for joining us for this episode. If you haven't had a chance to rate our app and to give it a five-star if it deserves it, we'd love for you to do that. I have heard that more and more people are listening to it. I have a client in Chicago that I've been working with, and she's been telling everybody about it. So I know more and more people are hearing about it. And it's really through the word of mouth that more people will hear this message. So we'd love for you to share it. If you want to know more about stewardship, the biblical side of managing money, something that David and I are grounded in. This is something that has been our life for many, many years. David has a great, great resource at stewardshippastors.com. It's a wealth of information on that website, videos, teachings, testimonies. There's so many great things there. And if you are in a church where they're really not teaching on this, and many churches unfortunately are not, this is a place where you can go and you can point your pastor or your leader to it so that they can find out more about this ministry and something that maybe they can embrace and use in their own congregation. And be looking forward to David's book. It's coming out soon, Jesus on Money. It's going to be a great resource for you, but also for many spiritual leaders that can use it in teaching their own congregation. So check that out. And we just want to thank you for spending some time with us today. And we look forward to having you join us next time so that together we, we can, can keep, keep getting, getting money, money right. We have investments. And so in a good year, they're going to go up. In a bad year, they're going to go down. Sure. So sure. I, don't, I don't look at it every month, but I do want to have a pulse on it. Yeah. I do want to know where our finances are going. Mm-hmm.